This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Holdish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog, The Whole Dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Hold the lettuce. That's been the message in my blog over the past week as I have written about and posted a couple of recipes for salads, composed salads, some of them being my favorites in summertime, and none of which feature lettuce, which most people consider sort of the epitome of light fare in warm weather. I happen to favor salads this time of year that feature truly seasonal produce, and at least in my seasonal garden lettuce isn't so much. It's prone to bolting. It gets bitter in this hot weather. There are certainly people who grow lettuce very successfully, very delicious lettuce, including Wandering Roots Farm in Gold Hill, not far from where I live. I've been buying their mixed greens and beautiful, beautiful heads of organic lettuce at Food for Less in Medford grown at their farm. But for a lot of us home hobby gardeners, this is a time, of course, for eggplant, zucchini, tomatoes, cucumbers, those hot weather vegetables that can really carry a whole meal. And you don't need any lettuce. In fact, in my opinion, lettuce just kind of becomes extraneous. It's just not nearly as hearty as these other items of produce. So of course, one of the first things that I thought of in explaining how lettuce isn't really on my radar this time of year is Greek salad, the classic Greek salad, endorsed, in fact, by some local readers who happen to be Greek and love the country's quintessential combination of tomatoes and cucumbers. It contains a fair amount of parsley, oregano, Kalamata olives, and feta cheese, of course, are traditional. But as I said in my blog, posted August 22nd under the headline, Greek Somit Lettuce for Superb Summer Salads, you shouldn't let the lack of Kalamata olives and feta cheese, if you don't happen to have those items, keep you from making the salad. If you have cucumbers, if you have tomatoes, if you have parsley, certainly those items are fresh right out of a garden or a farm stand or one of the local farmers markets, you can still make a really, really satisfying salad, particularly with some nice crusty bread on the side, lots of olive oil for dipping. You can find that recipe again in the August 22nd post to my blog. The most recent one I posted featured another one of my favorite composed salads, and it's sort of the quintessential South of France salad salad niçoise. I revisited that concept given that I have new potatoes ready to be dug up in my garden. It coincides with the green bean harvest and the classic salad niçoise includes their version of a brined olive, niçoise or picheline olives, and also capers is a flavor that salad niçoise and Greek salad have in common. Just to give a slight variation on it, I had seen a Sicilian tuna salad. The niçoise salad typically has good quality olive oil packed tuna. 
And the Los Angeles Times recently featured a recipe for what they call the Sicilian tuna salad. It had the same new potatoes, it had the same green beans, the same capers. It incorporated some celery leaves, which I thought were really, really nice, and some fresh celery, particularly if you can find locally grown celery, which tends to have really, really lush leaves in comparison with grocery store celery. It was dressed in lemon juice, basically, the oil coming from best quality olive oil packed tuna you can find. And that recipe is available on my blog, posted August 26th under the headline, French vinaigrette lightens potato-based salad. I was curious, actually, how many of these sort of (laughs) non-lettuce-composed salads I had posted over the years. Of course, really, it doesn't take a recipe to make a really, really delicious salad with what you happen to have on hand. There's so many great combinations. Caprese salad with fresh tomatoes, of course, fresh mozzarella, basil, olive oil. If you've got cooked couscous, quinoa, or or millet, and you simply add cucumber, tomato, and parsley, you've basically got tabbouleh, a salad that's popular throughout the Middle East. If you add cubes of rustic bread or homemade croutons to a mixture of tomatoes, cucumbers, basil, maybe other garden veggies, you've got panzanella. Those are all very classic salads without the lettuce. One of the things that I think about is to not go crazy on the ingredients, not make it a smorgasbord of ingredients. If it's going to be a cohesive dish that really holds diners attention, I tend to think of subtracting rather than adding. Choose three or four really, really purposeful ingredients. Anything over half a dozen, I think is too many. And if I see a recipe for a salad with ingredients that are not in season, I immediately start taking those out. It's a pretty good indicator that the salad can stand without it. And of course, I adhere to the old adage, if it grows together, it goes together. So if you have fall type produce, apples, and you've got beets, and you've got dried fruit, and you've got cabbage, that all goes together. You start putting a bell pepper with that, not so much (laughs) as an example. So think about those things when you're composing your own salads. I think that the recipes I turned up are examples of that. One of those being a fresh corn salad that I devised for a Brit Festival's picnic years ago, 2010, from October 5th, 2010, under the headline, Mexican Corn Salad with an Asian Twist. Of course, I was using what we had, which was some fresh corn that we got from a farm stand down the road. Small fingerling potatoes, new potatoes from our own garden, some green onions, some garden chilies, Anaheim chilies, I think in this case, and a tomato. Those were the key components of this dish. The remaining ingredients, of course, are the vinaigrette. There's also some optional cheese that you could sprinkle on this. When I came up with this salad, I wasn't really aware of what people referred to as esquitas, a fresh corn salad from Mexico. I just knew that I had all these things growing together. (laughs) It it sounded sounded good. But what I was sort of riffing on is was a classic combination from Mexico. So I can't really take credit for it. But I'm going to give the recipe for that salad, fresh corn salad with an Asian twist, as I called it, as well as watermelon salad with mint and crispy prosciutto. That was posted 
in July 2008 under the headline Italian Inspired Salad for an American Holiday. That's also available on my blog archives. And I'll give each of those in this podcast. First for the fresh corn salad with an Asian twist. And I call it with an Asian twist because I used Asian style sweet chili sauce in the vinaigrette rather than just sugar, which I often use to sweeten. Of course, you can use other sweeteners, but the classic rule of thumb with a vinaigrette is it needs some salt, it needs some sugar, and then of course you've got your acid and you've got your oil. In this case, I used Asian sweet chili sauce on the recommendation of my husband. thought, well, that would be pretty good. And of course I was skeptical and went, I don't know. And in fact, it was delicious. He was right. And it got rave reviews from our friends. It starts with six ears of fresh corn that have been husked, a half pound small fingerling potatoes that have been scrubbed, two scallions chopped. Those are both the white and the green parts after you've trimmed away, just like the dry ends and the roots, of course. A fresh Anaheim chili stem seeded and finely minced. You can use any sort of medium chili if you've got a poblano, if you've got a fresno. This isn't intended to be a hot chili. And of course, if you like some really, really spicy chili, you could certainly add to this jalapeno or serrano. Maybe start with half of one of those chilies and see how much heat it has. One tomato cored and diced. You could substitute a red bell pepper, but I think the tomato is obvious this time of year and so many people have access to such great tomatoes. Why not? Two limes, a quarter cup rice wine vinegar, a tablespoon Asian style sweet chili sauce, a half tablespoon ground cumin, a teaspoon of garlic powder, a quarter cup good quality extra virgin olive oil, and this is sort of optional. Again, the half cup crumbled Cotija cheese, which is more in keeping with a a Mexican theme. You could also choose panela or queso fresco or feta. Not as traditional, of course, although still delicious and will be saltier. As well as salt and freshly ground pepper to taste. So bring a pot of water to boil and cook the corn. That's six ears husked in boiling water for just a couple of minutes. You don't need to go crazy with really fresh corn. I've heard people say that just 30 seconds, just a quick 30 second dunk in boiling water is sufficient. I like to do just a little bit longer than that, but longer than two, if you're verging on three minutes, it's it's definitely time to take it out. Remove the ears from the pot to drain, but don't pour out the water. Keep it boiling. Add the potatoes to the pot. And that's a half pound small fingerling potatoes again. Return the pot to a boil and cook the potatoes for about 15 minutes or until tender when they're pierced with a knife. Drain now and let the potatoes cool. While the potatoes are cooking, you can cut the kernels from the corn cobs. Keeping large chunks of them intact, I sort of like to have that nice hefty bite of corn. You don't have to separate the kernels. It's it's kind of a nice textural experience to have a big chunk if you can keep those together. Place them in a medium serving bowl with the scallions, the two scallions that have been chopped, as well as the cored and chopped Anaheim chili and the tomato. Zest one of the limes into a bowl and have both limes and squeeze the juice into a liquid measuring cup. Add quarter cup rice wine vinegar, the tablespoon Asian style sweet chili sauce, the half tablespoon ground cumin, the teaspoon garlic powder, and that lime zest. Whisk in 
the quarter cup olive oil and set the dressing aside. When the potatoes are cool, cut any of the larger ones into bite-sized pieces and add to the salad mixture along with the cheese. Half cup crumbled cotija, queso fresco, panela, or feta cheese if you decide to use that. Toss to combine and then drizzle with enough dressing to moisten, adjusting the seasoning with salt and pepper and more dressing. Serve that salad at room temperature or chill for two to four hours before serving if you like. And it makes four to six servings of fresh corn salad with an Asian twist. That was posted to my blog August 5th, 2010. I also love this time of year salads with watermelon. I'm not the biggest watermelon fan in the world, but if I have other ingredients that sort of complement it, I, I can definitely kind of get into watermelon, particularly in a application like this with some salty savory ingredients in this case thinly sliced prosciutto as well as a, like a slightly bitter note and this recipe originally called for radishes I think watermelon radishes of course should be sort of obvious and I'm seeing those regularly at grocery stores not just at farmers markets this also has some scallions some fresh mint which is absolutely lovely salted peanuts are in the original recipe but I think that Marcona almonds actually would be a little bit more in keeping with these Italian flavors. Marcona almonds being from Spain, but sort of, you know, that Mediterranean region or slivered toasted almonds. If you happen to be a peanut fan, hey, use the quarter cup salted peanuts by all means in the original recipe. It also calls for lime juice, a tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil, kosher salt, and ground black pepper to taste. The best watermelon I find is readily within reach this time of year at any number of local farms, local farm stands, obviously farmer's markets. Melons tend to be a lot to lug around, I think, for people going to farmer's markets, but there are certainly local farms, Seven Oaks Farm being one of my favorites, just down the road from where I live, and they grow all kinds of really, really delicious melons that can be used. Start by heating the oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit and on a baking sheet arrange the four ounces thinly sliced prosciutto to sort of slice by slice. You could also use thinly sliced pancetta which is like Italian bacon. That will cook up probably a little bit more crisp and with a little bit more fat on it than the prosciutto will. Bake that in the oven 400 degrees for about 8 to 10 minutes. Meanwhile, trim and discard the rind from the watermelon. Again, that's three pounds. And cut the flesh into quarter inch thick triangles. You're going to sort of arrange this on a platter, sort of family style. They can be plated individually for individual salads. But it's the idea is it's larger chunks of watermelon. You would almost cut with a knife and fork and these other ingredients arranged on top rather than everything tossed together which makes it a composed salad. It's arranged for you on the plate. Place watermelon in serving dishes. Again, you could use one large serving dish for family style or individual salad plates. And then sprinkle with the radishes. If you're using a watermelon radish, peel that. I think it's nice to julienne that, which is also called matchsticks. Thin matchstick of radish. You can do this with a lot of vegetables. But I think that that makes the most pleasing presentation and texture 
in this recipe. If you want to use regular radishes, it calls for six red radishes that have been trimmed and quartered. Trim and thinly slice four scallions. Do a chiffonade on the quarter cup mint leaves, and that's basically just one knife cut through just the leaves. If you mince any herb too finely, and mint certainly is one of those, and it starts to really break down and the essential oils start to kind of oxidize and it gets dark, I think that that really muddies the flavor. Whereas if you just kind of tear those mint leaves, or again, just a real quick chiffonade, just one pass through the leaves with a knife, that's what you want in this case on a quarter cup fresh mint. Scatter that on top of the wedges of watermelon, the radishes, and the scallions. And then garnish all of that, either your platter or your individual salad plates, with a quarter cup salted peanuts is what this recipe originally called for. Or I would also try Marcona almonds, which are widely available these days. I've seen them at Costco, Trader Joe's, other specialty stores, or slivered toasted almonds. Drizzle with the two tablespoons lime juice and a tablespoon extra virgin olive oil. Season the salad or each salads with some salt and pepper. And then break the cooked prosciutto or pancetta into pieces and sprinkle over the salads just before serving so it stays nice and crunchy when it comes into contact with some of those other juicy ingredients. And that makes four servings of watermelon salad with mint and crispy prosciutto. That recipe was originally from Real Simple Magazine, and I posted it to my blog in July 2008 under the headline, Italian-inspired salad for an American holiday. Of course, I was playing off of sort of red, white, and blue foods with the, the red being the watermelon. So give those salads a try with the freshest seasonal summer produce, no lettuce required. (laughs) Give them a try and see if it changes your perception of the ingredients you need for a satisfying salad and find other recipes on my blog, The Whole Dish at mealtribune.com forward slash podcasts and mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish.